Get your cup of joe ready. We have a lot to talk about. Hello and welcome to the Morning Cup of Joe podcast, a podcast dedicated toward helping you find the creator within, and we're here to help you along that path from turning your passion into purpose. Today, I'm super excited to announce that this is officially season two of this podcast, and uh, I'm even more excited to announce that we have a season two guest who is an amazing, just creator video photo drone everything i've seen him do he does an amazing job with and even makes music like this guy is literally so crazy uh please give all of your limbs up for just up sandoval wow thank you i appreciate that intro oh i mean i I do my best on the intros especially because you're you're giving your time to uh to help me so thank you yeah you're welcome so what's up i mean tell Tell my audience a little bit about you. Like, like, give us a little intro. I, I gave you like a basic intro, but like, tell me what makes you just up and like, what do you do? Um, so I would, I would call myself just a straight up content creator um, because I do, like you said, a various amount of things. And, and now recently I've been putting uh, like, I'd say 80% of my energy into music. Um, so to like, just, call myself a videographer would be uh, like I'm not even putting that much energy into that at the moment um, so I, I just say like I'm a content creator uh, or an artist like I've been hired to paint murals I've been hired to make videos the, the bulk of my income comes from being hired to make videos uh, whether it's commercials or um, videos for artists music videos like I do a various amount of um, video work but then uh, I dabble in like you know making music and then I have my own YouTube channel and my own content that I'm really putting a lot of energy towards so that uh, like that literally takes up majority of my time I spend uh, every waking hour creating content making music writing music um, I'm also a single father, so I'm raising my son and I find that this kind of career path that I have chosen, uh, allows me to blend a lot of the things I'm doing with my son or a lot of the things I'm doing in my career with my son. So like, uh, when we make vlogs and do stuff, I really try to incorporate him in the process of doing that with me so that we can do it together. Um, I'm a dad. I have a super fascination with the brain and I spend a lot of time studying uh, about the brain and cognitive functioning. If I was, if I were to go to school and I would, wasn't pursuing like uh, content creation, I probably would have went to school for neuroscience. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Dude, honestly, you have so many ways to introduce yourself. It's nuts. Because first of all, I do want to say that the biggest thing that stuck out to me from the first moment I added you on Instagram and messaged you, I, I remember I was watching Nowhere Man from Bryce Vine because I just love listening to Bryce Vine. I found the YouTube video, that the uh, music video that you made for him, by the way, 
I commented, you commented back, I found you on IG, I reached out, and then you were doing daily videos, which is I've always had a fascination with. Ever since, you know, I started getting into vlogging, I see Casey Neistat, and you see, like, uh, Roman Atwood and all these people, and you were doing, like, daily, like, uh, I think it was a minute a day or something the, the crazy. Gone in uh, 60. Like then. Yeah, Gone in 60. And I remember watching like about your life and just watching you as a creator and i'm like it's so for me at that time i was like man if i'm going to be a creator i need a cool place to create in like casey and i said everything like that um and you were doing it in montana i mean Montana's cool in a different way than new york you know new york's yeah. got like a lot of bells and whistles but montana's just got like a lot of beauty and a lot of like it's just a different beast and uh but basically long story short the one thing I've always respected about you is the grind, the hustle, the workflow. Everything that you do is very purposeful and very goal-oriented, very driven. And, I mean, you honestly, like, what I've noticed is when you're doing stuff, you you, you get to the point where you're, like, you, you get to that mastery point. And it's so crazy to watch. Like, I love getting super invested into your content. Not only the videos, not only, you know, the photos you make, the drone, the, the just – it's always a pleasure whenever I see anything that you make stumble across my Instagram feed. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I don't know if there was a question in there, but a couple things nope, that I no want to <laughs> mention is like the Gone in 60, the one thing that I, the whole focus and goal of it was to, like you had mentioned, when you were just talking, you had said, um, that you had needed a nice place or a cool place to create at. And that, that was actually what I was trying to do with the, the gone in 60 was like showcase my life in the most mundane situation. So like try to create something out of the ordinary, um, because that's, I feel like that's an obstacle that most creators deal with is like my life isn't interesting or I don't have any cool things and I would literally make videos about me taking my kid to school um, and, and figure out ways to tell a story about that day there was days where I legitimately didn't even do anything other than edit on a computer and there's nothing spectacular about my day but yet I still made a video and somehow told some sort of story in that um, daily video. And I think what it taught me is there is a story in everything, like whatever you think you need to have some cool, it, it's really easy to make a cool video when you go to Bali. Now make a cool video when you go to the grocery store. Like to me that if you can figure out how to find beauty in that mundane, going to the grocery store, taking your kid to school, the thing you do every single day, if you can find beauty in that, then it's you're on to something. That's what sets apart good from great, right? Yeah. Would you say? I, I'm, and it's not even like on that level. It's just a basic. You start appreciating life because now you're, you know, this with social media. You're watching all these dope videos like Sam Colder in Bali, and you just feel like, oh man, my life is boring. I'm not doing anything. You start to look at your life differently. And I think that's way more important than even thinking of it on a content creation level. It's the fact that now you're literally looking for beauty in everything and everywhere you go. Um, I, I talked to somebody the other day, uh, as Matt, Bryce Fine's manager. Um, we were talking because I was just on the uh, um, Pacific Coast and he was like, yeah, I knew you were going to find it beautiful. And I was like, honestly, like you put me in anywhere. 
any place, whether it's a city, urban place, the slums of India, like every place I go, I find beauty because it's the it's the perspective you have when you you like it's all about angles when you're capturing things. And then um, when you translate that into life, like you can find beauty in everything. Honestly, like I saw I noticed that when we we linked up that one time in Salt Lake City. It was crazy watching you just, like, do your thing with the camera. You're high, you're low, everywhere. And it was really cool to see, honestly. Like, at that time, uh, because, I mean, this is a podcast episode in itself. uh, And, I mean, uh, today's topic is going to be about how to make money with your work. (laughs) But I I do want to say one one last thing, because I think this will help people, too. So this is a really great thing to talk about. But it it, kind of comes down to, like, imposter syndrome. Like, for me in Salt Lake City, um, you kind of helped me break out of my shell in Salt Lake at the time, because... Like, I had my camera. There was all this, like, overload and stimuli. Like, all these cars, all these bikes are going by. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't even know what to get. And then we're you're just going around. And you really helped me there. Because, like, it's very easy to get caught up and think that, you know, your life's not interesting. You don't do anything cool. Like... I even get that way sometimes and I'm in Hawaii and I'm snorkeling and I'm doing stuff and Dude, I'll get like, I get like that all the replies. time. <laughs> yeah. It's natural. Then, I get it. It's that imposter syndrome. It's that like your brain is trying to trick you into believing you're not as cool as you are. Um, and I think it's also just like you get in your head of like you have to create a certain way or, you know, like this is how a vlog is supposed to be done. This is how you... I think we get caught up on expectations more than anything. And really, it's like, dude, this industry, what's so cool about it is there's nobody knows what the hell to do. Are we allowed to swear on this thing? It's like that in life. It's literally like no Joe, one knows Joe, what the hell they're doing. are we allowed to swear? Doing. I almost swore and I caught myself. I just need to know. <laughs> no, you're good. You can swear. Okay. You can say whatever you want. This is a judgment-free zone. Yeah, I just I think that uh, um, we get caught on these expectations of it has to be a certain way, and we compare it to other people, and like this is all information that we've that has been talked about in many podcasts and um, across many platforms. I just think that literally the best thing that you can do is just shut out anything of you're not good enough or you know it has to look a certain way. Like expectations will kill you. Honestly, and I'm just getting this thought right now. Are you available to co-host a podcast? Because I mean, I think we could do. We're on to something here. <laughs> I'm intrigued by, by. Yeah, I mean, what what do you have in mind? We might have to talk about this after. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I'll let you know. We'll get back to that. Anyway, Kay. with all that being said, already, like, uh, again, I want to. Th- I know I've, I've thanked you like eight times today already, <laughs> but like seriously, like this this episode already has a lot of value. I think a lot of the creators I know um, struggle with these things too, and I think they're going to get a lot out of this. Um, but I want to get right into uh, let the topic of today. You know, today is going to be all about how to make money with your work. And the first question I have for you first question of many because i mean like i said you you've got it going on man like uh i always love seeing what you create but how do you start monetizing that's that's it's so overwhelming that's so okay before you answer i want to say this you already know my answer video go ahead (laughs) yeah anything with video photo audio anything like that right is so overwhelming because you can make it as simple or as complex as your brain lets you you can pick up a phone and start making a video 
or you can worry about getting that what, what what camera to get what lens to get what gear to get like like that's the thing about creating that's kind of hard and and then monetization is its own beast it's so complex and so simple at the same time so i, I that's why i wanted to ask you but you how know do you I'm, start monetizing you know i'm going with the simple solution and yeah and that's what i want and because you're, i want to gonna... be able to take a step back so Everybody that feels like it's complex and and you're going to hate this answer because how you start monetizing is asking for money. It's literally that simple. What separates a starving artist and a successful artist is the successful artist is willing to ask for money. And where it gets complex is like, well, what are the factors that are making it hard for you to ask for money? And I'm guessing like one of those factors are probably rejection, the fear of somebody telling you that, oh, wow, that's not worth that much or them saying no. Uh, Another factor is possibly that you are relying on this income and you're willing to, you know, negotiate these prices and and you're feeling like you ask too much because and if you don't want to lose this potential client, so then you ask for lower than you could have potentially got. Um, there are lots of factors that make it complex, but really the simplest answer and, and the real answer is you just ask for money. Um, and the thing is, is everything you start doing is going to be uncomfortable. So when you start to talk about money and how much uh, you want to charge for anything, and this, this applies to literally anything, Um, I had never painted in my life. And then the first time I ever, I paint, I just like was screwing around and painting a couple, um, couple paintings and I did two of them. And the third time I ever painted was a mural on a real inside of a real estate office. I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just threw out a number. He said, how much would you charge to, he saw the two paintings that I was trying like don't get me wrong this was not anything i've been doing for a while and and uh all i did was just throw out a number and he went for it so i I think if people can take that out of their heads that you can't ask for money and i think it also comes from a lot of uh um maybe parents or or uh, friends making you think that what you're doing is a hobby and that it, there's not a career in it um, kind of can potentially scare you from asking for money. But really, you throw out a number, uh, and then if somebody says yes, y- first of all, you keep throwing out a number until you get a yes. Uh, if you get one no, like that's not a good enough pool of people or attempts to say that that price is not worthy. So at least try 15 different people with the number. The number that you go with should just be a number that you're comfortable with and you think that it's worth, if, especially if you're just start, starting out. And then every client after that, just raise it a little bit. And eventually you'll hit your cap and you'll figure out, okay, this is the max amount that I'm able to ask for. As your skills increase, you get, you'll have more leverage in asking for more money. You'll get better at negotiating and selling your value. 
Um, I know that that's probably something we're going to get of knowing what your value is. So I don't, I don't know if you want to want me to keep going because I can't. <laughs> hey, whatever you I've I've got a list of five questions here about this. And so if you want to go as long as you want, you can. But I do want to say that you say you don't paint and you say that you haven't done that. But, dude, you paint all the time with your camera lens. Yeah. You just it's a different perspective, right? Yeah, it's diff- different medium. But I'm just saying, like, I hadn't yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't have the skill set of being a painter. Like, I had never sold a painting or anything. And this was, I would say, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Um, and it was just like I needed a new outlet creatively. I had broken up with my girlfriend and um, just started painting. And it was like, and it wasn't even like, it was super abstract painting. It was a lot of line work. And, um, yeah, like, it, there was no, uh, I, I didn't follow any fundamentals to painting. I was doing my own thing and was able to make money off of it. And I, that, I use that example just to, like, let people know when you're starting off anything, anything creative, you can absolutely ask for money. And the only difference is just asking for it. Um, I know there's also value in doing a lot of free work to build up a portfolio. I'm not against that one bit. I do free work all the time. I still do free work uh, just to build relationships. And, um, you know, like there's a lot of people that are uh, against doing free work for exposure, but I think that there's value in it if you're getting exposure that is a trade there's value in exposure so yeah honestly i've i've had a lot of situations where people will say exposure i feel like there's a big miscommunication with that because they're like oh yeah i'll just post my instagram photo and i'll put a camera below my hashtags and put your name there and one in every ten thousand people is going to see that and then you'll be you'll be exposed but um, that's a topic for another day. I do want to <laughs> kind of give a piece of information that I learned, uh, kind of similar from working at GNC. You know, I have really dedicated the fact that I refuse to work a job that I don't love. Life is too short. Life is too crazy to do that. Right. So if I work a job, it's because I choose to work that job. And if I don't like it, then, you know, I mean, some people are great people, just not for you. Some jobs are great jobs, just not for you. Same, same, same concept right and so like i'll politely tell people that if i don't like the job and i I don't work many jobs but i was in nevada for a while i was trying to get into school and so i was figuring out um it kind of got to the point where i wasn't doing too much there so i i was sitting there i was like well if i'm gonna sit around do nothing i might as well get paid for it right and not to say that you don't do anything at gnc but there was just a lot of free time and i was trying to fill it and Mm -hmm. monetize it at the same time and so i started working at gnc and you know i'm a nice guy uh, I, I, I connect well with people and honestly, like I was powerlifting at the time. And so, you know, there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of stuff going on and it just held me accountable. I was working a job that held me accountable. How can you work at GNC and go eat like crap? So like, hmm. it, it's just, it, there was a lot to it, but the owner of it, of the, the GNC there was a family owned GNC. He told me, he's like, don't assume that people will or will not pay for supplements. You know, you you, you pitch out what you think is going to be best for them, right? If they're at their, their goal is to lose weight and gain muscle mass or something like that, right? That's a common thing people say. You know, tell them, hey, like, like give them, the, give them a lesson first. Tell them, hey, like, 
obviously if you're trying to lose weight, the only way that's going to work is if your nutrition's on point. But here's some things that can help, right? You 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 go and you uh, you're like CLA can help with fat loss, right? But also if you're trying to keep that muscle or gain muscle, you're gonna want this protein powder, right? You don't just assume their price range because the funny thing is a lot of like those really like rich people that come in or the nicely dressed people, stuff like that, they're usually the cheapest ones. They're usually the ones that find the cheapest protein, right? Whereas that per- person that comes in and you know, those jean shorts and whatever else, they they sometimes walk out of there with $200 worth of product. And so it's kind of the same thing with like a business. Like some people will try to undercut you and some people will see the value that you provide, right? And especially if it's a business, if you're going on Google and they don't have good photos and they don't have good service and they don't have good things, you either have to sit them down and kind of explain that, hey, you know, you really have to start putting your restaurant on, on the... Uh, you, you got off on the wrong foot. You have to start getting off on the right foot with people from here on if you want to continue to make business at the level you're capable of, and I can help you with that, or you just let them continue in their own ignorance. Either way, you know, there's always going to be more opportunities, and that was a big lesson I took uh, from GNC of all places, right? What do you think about that? Um, well, I'm pretty sure we've had this conversation before, uh, and it's probably advice that I had given you, but to not say no for the person you're selling to or like you're um, pitching your service to. A lot of us get in our heads and we say no for that person and then we don't even try or we don't even try to push, you know, like, hey, this I can do this because we're in our heads assuming that they're not going to want to pay for this extra service or something like that. And that's like the worst thing that we can do is saying no for them. Um, I think that it's important to explain and educate and not assume that everybody's going to know everything about your industry. So for example, like we're all kind of learning what can and cannot be done with influencer marketing and it's new to everybody. And so assuming that a business is going to know the value in influencer marketing or the value in uh, video marketing is ignorant because then you uh, like you're not going to be able to sell the amount of value that you're trying to pitch them if they don't know what they're going to get on a return investment. So it's important for you to not just know your skills and uh, know how to create at the level that you're you're claiming to but also how to explain how that's going to benefit their business because that's all they care about they only care about um they, they don't care how what lens you're going to use or um iso and settings and all these things that they just don't care about they want to know how is it going to be worth the money they're investing and your job is to break that down and explain it in the most layman terms possible so that they can understand it. So basically, it's just about knowing your product, knowing your industry, and knowing your potential clientele, kind of like niching down. That's been a big, big learned lesson for me and a big thing that I've had to do. Yeah. 
for sure. <laughs> it's it's amazing how simple like like it's kind of like going back to the basics for camera gear, right? I, I used to do the same thing, but you complicate it, and then you find yourself going back to the same things. Niching down has come back to me so many times, like like in clientele, right? You find people that need your business, right? You're not going to go to a five star Tommy Bahamas or uh, what is it? Uh, you know, like like a really nice five star restaurant. You're not going to go to them right away when you're first starting off to create video for why? Because they've invested into other people. They've got a really good name behind them. They've got really good Google photos and videos. They, they they've got all those bases covered because they are you know like an establishment that's been going. But that mom and pop shop or that startup business that has been worried about starting up their business, getting their product together, they've had all these things where that they have to worry about. When you go to them and you're like, "Hey, I know your business is doing well, but let's let's talk about how you can you can take clients away from your competing. Let's say they sell cheesecakes, right? How, like, there's another, there's two cheesecake factories, or or there's two cheesecake stores there. You're like, "Hey, if if you if you hire me, I can take better photos and better videos." for you than are at the other cheesecake factory. So when people are on Google searching best place to get cheesecake, they look at your photos on your website and you're going to get more people. Like how much would it suck, right? If you have the better product, you have the better customer service, your business is just better as a whole, but the the less the the person that doesn't do it as well is getting all the business simply just because their page looks a little bit better or they have a couple more reviews or they have 0.1 star more than you do. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I it, it's so basically to kind of cut that like short and like uh, long story short, go back to it. Um, it's amazing. Like like niching down that, that that's an example of niching down, like knowing your clients, knowing like, hey, I need to reach these people. And I mean, that's a basic thing is niching down. I've done that for the podcast. I've done that for my YouTube channel. I've done that for my Instagram. I've done that for literally everything. And it's it's one of the it's one of those things that it's so easy that you you tend to overlook it for me, anyways. And I think that uh, yeah, it's just that that was a big lesson for me. Well, and it's doing your research. I mean, it's it's uh, getting really confident in the services you're providing. And I know that when you're starting off, you're not confident, which okay, ask for less money and build your confidence. And the more you do something, the more confident you get, the more you understand um, all the like intricacies and all the details that you need to pay attention to. Uh, you're going to learn all of the things like, all right, have this written down in a contract. Have um, You'll have mistakes happen and then you know how to avoid them in the past. So the biggest thing is is just keep doing it, build confidence and trust that you're going to get better, especially if your goal is to get better and you want to increase money. Um, I mean, and it's different for everybody. So some people can out the gate, ask for a ton of money and just happen to land that client that is going to start them off at a high price. Like I've seen that happen with some people too. And I've seen some people, uh, having to, charge $20 for a video and increase so it's it's a it, it's different for everybody um but the one consistent thing is just being not afraid to ask for money okay let's dive into the next thing then and uh, the next question I have for you how do you find clients how do you go about that like you have your camera you have your gear you've been working on it for the last two years you have your editing software you have everything lined up how do you yeah. start finding clients now so 
again, it's going to be different for everybody, but two things, like I'll, I'll just speak on how it worked for me. I made a ton of videos for myself. <laughs> that was like kind of where it came down to is I made a bunch of videos and that's what I've been putting out for so long that people just kind of started to watch my content and go like, oh, wow, he makes videos. And I would get DMs on Instagram saying, hey, I want to do this video for my business or, hey, I want to do this video for um, doing a fitness uh, thing. And and so it just started growing from there. I read like for Bryce Fine to do the Nowhere Man. I just reached out to him um, and said, hey, I just want to collaborate with you. And then uh, we did. I shot one of his shows. Um, I had never shot one of his shows before, and I did that. I would never really done a music video, and then um, just did the best I could. Honestly, it was just like continuously doing. So I know for some people it takes cold calling, walking into a business, and um, just saying, hey, this is what I can do. That makes people... Some people are good at that and some people aren't. I am not the greatest at just cold calling or walking in and talking to strangers and trying to sell my service. Not my strong suit. So what I did is I figured I would create a ton of content for myself. And then not only am I getting better at my craft while doing that, it's marketing me as well. And that's that's how I've done it. And that's how I've done it this entire time. Like, I just cr- keep creating a ton of content and word of mouth has spread. People reach out to me. I very rarely have to reach out to other people. That's a nice place to be in because then you're in control of, like, the yeses and the nos. And then you, you build up your your uh, schedule. It's That's a nice place to be. That's, that's a place where I wish I was at, but I'm actually pretty good at talking to people and cold calling and walking into businesses. It's just getting that, that courage to take that leap of faith and just do it for me, honestly. Yeah. And I'm working toward it. We're going to get, we're getting better and better. As I told you a little bit ago, I just pulled a trigger and bought my first camera in yeah, the last couple of years. I've been creating on a, thank you. I've been creating on a crop sensor, Canon 70D for the last while with kit lenses, you know, a microphone that only records one audio channel. So when I'm in post, I have to like put all the channels on the left, like uh, all the audio on the left channel. And so it's like I have to work with my gear now. And so I've actually gotten to the point where I finally went all in and I've got a new mic that's going to be waiting for me. I've got lights. I've got some stuff like that. And I finally decided to pull that trigger and get that can or that Sony a seven three that I'm so excited about next step. Only thing I've left lenses, but I'm going to just start using the camera, get familiar with it, kind of deal with that learning curve. And then I'll start working toward the lenses. You know what nice. I mean? Yeah. It's for me, I've learned a lot of lessons cause I used to glorify the gear as well. And you've always been the one to tell me like, Hey Joe, stop being stupid. You don't need a $10,000 red camera. You've got a phone, you've got a Canon 70D, you know, you're making content, just stay consistent with it. Dude. And you've always been that like, that uh, angel on the on my shoulder, you know? The Gone in 60 that we were talking about was all done on an iPhone. The I would say 70% of Nowhere Man, um, all the shots that are not drone shots are done on an iPhone. iPhone 6. Like, think about the difference between the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 11 Pro right now. If you have an iPhone 11 Pro and you're complaining about not having good enough gear, uh, just please 
reevaluate. Yeah, no, seriously. I didn't know that was an iPhone. I really didn't. I thought you had, like, some sort of camera. Because, I, I mean, we I rent- guess the only time I've seen your camera is the a7 III. We rented an a7S two, I think, and I barely used it. I didn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, uh, I remember... Uh, I, th- I think I asked you what camera you use, and you were talking about how you rent all your lenses and the cameras and stuff. Yeah, so, for different so I guess that's, I don't know if that's part of your questions, but anybody that's like, well, I don't have the right gear to start shooting things, I would literally, I didn't, didn't have gear for a lot of uh, jobs, and so what I would do is I would just, in pitching the budget, I would have include like uh, the cost of renting stuff, for the week and then I would rent the stuff for the week. I would get it a few days uh, before so I could practice it and, and know how to use the equipment. And then, I mean, you can get camera, lens, slider, uh, gimbal for a week on lens rentals for like 400 bucks. So if you like do find a job that you, you want to pitch a few thousand dollar gig to and you you're like, I only have a phone. That's an option. Like there is always an option when you're first starting out. So like lack of gear should not be your motive. I mean, if I, yeah. And I actually made a YouTube video strictly on an iPhone uh, XR that is all cracked up. Honestly, it's, it's, it's used. There's some wear and tear. And what had happened is a guy I'm working for now upgraded to an iphone 11 the new one and i was sitting i'm like what are you going to do with your old phone can i can i see that can i use that and like i said it's cracked that's why you got the new one yeah and i made a whole youtube video with it and it it it, it like surprised me it took me by surprise only bad part is you know you get so used to looking into a camera lens that if you do record like the iphone on the front camera you look in the middle of the screen and not on the actual lens or the audio. Those are my two complaints with that. Yeah, but, but I it's figured really that hard. I figured out Go how ahead. to like uh I could edit the audio, like I just figured out which plugins to use. Um and I use the logic plugins within Final Cut and I would tweak the audio to a point where it was like, This sounds great. So there are I mean, there are ways to to even deal with that. I mean that's where like you just use what you have and and spend the time to tweak everything. I can edit and color correct iPhone footage to where it's like you hardly even know it's iPhone footage. Yeah, I mean I didn't know it was iPhone footage honestly, but um that's the, that's the biggest thing on this podcast is doing what you can with what you have. And 100%. I I will say yeah, 100%, but I will say devil's advocate with creating with an iPhone. Yes, it it it, it works but it's hard to get like paid gigs like like anything serious because when a business hires you to make their videos or take their photos right it's kind of like uh, having a camera and having a gear and having the stuff that kind of overwhelms them they're like okay this guy knows what he's doing but when you go with an iphone that same guy is gonna be like that's exactly what i have and so it's it's kind of like so hard for people to take you seriously with an iphone that's i think a self-limiting belief and i hear exactly what you're saying and i get what you're saying, that's where what I was talking about earlier of knowing your value. You're letting them know, look, yes, you have an iPhone, but yet you're still not making the video that I could make with the phone that you have. So you're, what they're paying for is your skill to take the footage, to tell a story, 
story is is way more important than anything. Like whatever camera you're using, none none of that matters if your story sucks. So you like the story is what is going to actually influence somebody to purchase from you. So if you're, you spend most of your time learning how to tell a good story, how to connect with people's emotions. It doesn't matter what you shoot it on. Um, and that's what you got to explain to these people. That's how you sell your value is, look, my expertise is telling a story, connecting you with your audience. My means of doing it is irrelevant. And, you know, if you do are going to charge a few thousand dollars, then take that money and buy a camera. Like if that, if, if your fear is I don't want to charge $5,000 for this gig and then use my iPhone, um, then yeah, like you should take $400 or $500 out of that budget, take 45 for yourself and rent the camera or take the money and buy a new camera. Um, but if you're getting paid 50 bucks for a video and they want to complain about you using your iPhone, then you haven't sold your value well enough because they're paying 50 bucks. So I think it's just like knowing how, how to explain it and sell your value. No, I totally agree that. I, I like that. I like that a lot. It's just kind of the thing with me, the benefit of having a camera. And I was actually going to ask next, how do you pitch yourself for your work? But you kind of just went over that without me having to ask. Uh, so I will ask, like, do you have anything to add to that that can, like, could kind of help how do you what? people? How to pitch yourself or your work to, like, potential clients? How to pitch it? I mean, again, like, I think if you create enough content that they like, that they connect with, then I let my content kind of speak for itself. But when I have to actually sit down um, and especially for larger budget uh, projects, like you have to explain what they're going to do with it. So like this, a a recent client, like I explained and what I've been doing, uh, all of my uh, proposals are increasing in price and how I'm, I've been sending these proposals is explaining the use of the video, how it can benefit them. So like I did one recently where um, like I don't have a following. Uh, I mean, I, I do, but it's like 5,000 people. Like it's not anything that would be worthy of like, we're going to spend money on an influencer in this guy. Like it's 5,000 people. It's not going to reach a mass amount of people. Yet I'm still able to get money because I know, and I get paid more with a $5,000 budget than some people I know that have 300,000, or not 5,000 budget, 5,000 following than 300,000 people. And it's because I know how to sell my value. I know that I can say, look, I'm providing you with an asset that then you can use for these other features that has a long-term benefit of using it consistently. So I created an unboxing video that was going to be used on my YouTube channel. I have a hundred subscribers on YouTube. Like I don't have many. I haven't built my YouTube audience. Um, And I was able to get a decent amount of money because I also explained that I would upload the same video in the Amazon reviews, which then they could use for their audience who is directly there 
to learn more about the product. So I was able to see that there was value, much more value in uploading it into Amazon as opposed to on my YouTube channel. So I sold that side of it. And then it also benefited building my YouTube channel so that I could then take that and then pitch it to other businesses. So it's just learning your industry, getting creative and figuring out like if you stop worrying about how is it going to benefit you more and start worrying about how whatever you're making can really benefit the client that you're making it for, then it makes it easier to sell because you're letting them know, look, this is how you're going to get the best return on investment. I'm doing this and to, to help you increase your business. Any and everything you do and everybody you work for, your goal should be helping them and increasing their business because it, it keeps coming back to you. Um, you want them to be successful because if they're not successful from, especially after you make a video for them, they're not going to hire you again. They're not going to have the money to when do the, it. So, not yeah, and not only not only them, but they're going to tell their buddies, right? And if they're in the the chamber of commerce in their community, right? If they're a business that's pretty well well, well up and going, now they're going to tell their friends that. Oh, this Joe guy, he made me a video and I mean, I paid like $500 for it, which I thought was a little steep, but I decided to give him the benefit of the doubt and he gypped me, you know, it didn't do anything for me. It was a waste of money. So if you guys get that, you know, take it as a lesson learned. So like not only for stuff like that, not only do you have to like deal with making the mistake, but now you have to deal with, now you're starting off on the wrong foot or you have a bad reputation. Yeah, so I mean, so I, I think go into every business and every like relationship with the goal of I want to make you successful. Well, I mean, helping people should always be your number one priority and concern anyways, right? Because if yeah. you help somebody, they're going to help you too. But if you just try to help yourself and you're selfish, then I mean, you and them aren't going to get anywhere off of that. So it's it's like for me... When I try to create a video for somebody, I, I give it all I have and I don't even question it, right? Like, right. I don't go, I'll price it at 100 and I'll, I'll just kind of like half-ass it. No, like whatever I price it, that's going to be my all. That's going to be drone footage, that's going to be GoPro, that's going to be camera, that's going to be whatever. And you, you'll get those businesses and people that like doubt you and your ability, but you're, you have to kind of like, you have to let them know with your work, I guess, after the first gig that, you know, you're hiring me for a reason because I'm going to give it my all on top of my skill, on top of the time I've spent building this, and on top of the gear I'm using, you know that I'm, I'm here to help you like reach your goals so that I can reach mine as well. It's a mutual kind of like, a mutual respect and a mutual... Um, Symbiotic relationship. Benefic benef yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, the next thing I want to talk on to, yeah. right, because we're, we're almost there as, as it is, but... I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about it, like we beat around the bush, but how do you, how do you price your work and services then? So say you've, let's see, say, say you have started monetizing, right? You started asking for the money. You started trying to find clients. You, you pitch your, sell, you, or you, wow, you pitch your idea. Uh, you know, you kind of tell them what's going on. And now they're like, sure, yeah, I'll work with you. How do you pitch that price? Yeah, like, so, how do you price so it? one thing is like it's super easy to just Google what's the average price for whatever you're offering. Um, so you, you start with that average price. And if you don't feel like you're adequate enough to, to 
charge what is the average price right now. Like, I think if you Google what's the average day rate of a videographer, it's $500. If you don't feel like you can ask for $500 a day, just put a number out there that you feel you're comfortable with. Um, and then literally, so, so let, let's just say your, your rate, we're going to say $200 for a video. Um, that's what you've come up with. So no, you, if you're just starting out, so people price things very differently, whether it's like a flat rate for a video or an hourly rate or a day rate, like it's very different. And it's kind of going to be something that you can learn how best fits you as you go. Um, the reason that it's hard to just say $200 a video, especially when you're first starting out, is you have zero idea of how long that's going to actually take you because you don't have enough experience to know, okay, um, everything that this person explained to me, the type of video that we're going to create in my head, I think is going to take X amount of hours. The less experience you have doing that, it's going to be harder for you to estimate how many hours something's going to take. So you can either go with an hourly rate or you go with just $200 per video. Um, So you throw $200 per video out. You ask 15 different people at that rate, $200 per video. And if I'm quite sure that if you ask 15 people, you'll get one yes at minimum. Because if you get, and you're, you're definitely going to get no's, don't let one no mean that it's not going to work out. Like you keep asking until you get a yes, especially if you know you're undercutting costs. Um, you get your first yes, you complete the video, you do everything that Joe said about giving it your all, do your absolute best, over-deliver, absolutely over-deliver, and then the next client, then you just raise your price and you ask the same clients. And you can even ask, like some people are afraid to tell the same reoccurring client the price went up. But I have had plenty of success like saying, hey, my schedule has started to fill up. My prices have increased. I've had some pushback when I've increased my prices. And I explained to them like, look, I have to do this now because my schedule is so full that if I don't increase my prices, then it, like I just can't grow. And um, most of the time they get it. If they don't get it, then I probably didn't want to work with them anyway. So uh, you increase your price every video until you get like 20 no's. And then that's where you kind of know your, your limit. So, you know, next video you say $250. And then the next video you do, you go 300 And you keep going until you get... 20 no's at a certain price and then you know all right this is about the limit i'm able to to sell my service services at well not only that as well but i mean when you're selling the services right when you when you work with someone for the first time there's always i mean you look at brands the first time you shop with them sometimes they'll give you a 10 percent discount or whatever discount right so when you're explaining that you raise your prices you explain that hey you know that was like a discount that I gave you for the first time working with you, right? I think and you so should like explain now, that 
beforehand though because if you say that afterwards it's gonna be like wait what you didn't tell me you're giving me Th- that's true so i think it's about being transparent it's just like um you know if you're you're wanting if you know you're gonna raise your price and you're working with a client to say you know like because this is the first time working together um to build this relationship i'm willing to do this at a lower rate but also, yeah, sometimes I lower, I keep my rates lower for a reoccurring client. So, like, if I have somebody that's just a one-off that uh, is probably never going to work with me again, like, it's they get a full rate. And then when I have a client that keeps coming back to me, um, I'm, I'm always giving them discounts because I'm like, these guys continue to, to work with me. And especially, like, I have some clients that are amazing and let me do whatever I want. Like give me complete creative control. Don't question anything I'm doing. Like just let me do my thing. And it goes so smoothly. Um, Of course I don't charge them more. I mean, I always give them a discount because I want, want to continue working with them. I love those type of clients and I want to foster that relationship. Yeah. And I mean, even more than that too, like especially when you start off with something, right? Like when you get a deal on something for the first time, like a lot of startup companies do, and you get headphones that cost you two fifty, right? Say their Bose started out and they gave you two hundred fifty dollars headphones, and you get them, and you're like, okay, sure, why not? And you try them, and you fall in love with them, and you you're like, dang, these are the best headphones I've ever had. Well, then the next time around you go to buy them, you might be willing to spend the $400 on the actual price, right? Or the, or the 350 or whatever it right. is. Right. And so like a lot of, a lot of clients that I've seen kind of understand that. Yeah. Like, I mean that first, that first video is kind of test the waters and see like if we liked your, your business or not. But then when you go from 250 to 500 and you're kind of explaining that now, you know what to expect, right? I'm Starbucks, you know, I'm, I'm consistent, I'm here and you know what to expect with me. It's, it's, uh, it's less of a sell than the initial sell. Right. And so, um, yeah. So with that being said, then, I mean, obviously when you're starting out and I mean, the, 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 the clients are taking, the videos are taking a little longer than you thought. How do you find a balance between quality and quantity for people and businesses? Right? Like, obviously everybody's going to want a, you know, what is what is the documentary that they do about, like, the penguins in Antarctica? Um, planet Earth. I forgot who does it. <laughs> yeah, or... everybody's going to want a Planet Earth documentary, but let's be honest, for $250, they're not going to be able to get it. So yeah, how do you find... setting how do you... expectations. Um, you know, like, you're not, not going to get <laughs> a Planet Earth documentary that has millions of dollars in a budget and takes like multiple years to create i think it's just setting that expectation like look dude you're paying 250 dollars and i'm gonna give it my absolute all um but you're paying 250 dollars like and i i so okay this is something that i'm gonna kind of hijack your podcast and branch off to (laughs) Um, perfect let's go but Okay, so when how to like price things are, um, uh, I kind of lost my train of thought. I th- okay, so I'll say this: 
how do you know like video ideas like what what should you make for them because okay. let's be honest yeah go ahead i got my got my idea back because of what you were saying so when people ask me how much do you charge uh and i'm sure that's like probably the most dreadful thing that most people get asked like okay well how much is this going to cost like you've already sold them on wanting to hire you uh you've done all that stuff and then they say well how much do you charge or what are your rates i my go-to i have kind of two ways that i explain it so we can go two routes either you have an idea that you want me to create and um you have this vision that you want me to take and then just create this exact vision of what you uh, already have in mind. That's going to be an hourly rate where you tell me exactly what you want and now I'll do all the estimations um, of how long I think that will take and then give you a quote based off of that. Or we go the route of what is your budget so if your budget is $5,000, then we can create everything that I think I can do within that $5,000 budget. So if you say, I have five grand, I want to promote this new pillow that I've, I've got, um, what can we do within that $5,000? And then, so I kind of take those two routes on how, how to price something, either come up with an idea that I know I know my resources, I know how much time I want to invest up to $5,000, or you tell me the idea, and then I'll say it'll cost this much to create your idea. I like that. I like that because it, it could get really easy to honestly talk to a business owner, right? Mm-hmm. And then like you get them to agree to $500, right? Say say you're usually selling them for 250. You increase your price and you're able to upsell them for $500 and you you have to be able to draw that line, you know, cuz you're going to be sitting there and be like, "Man, we're going to put this transition, we're going to put that transition, we're going to put warp stabilizer here, we're going to use this gimbal here, we're going to put drone footage here." And then you start to just put this like Sam Calder edit together that takes you 3 weeks to do and then now that $500, like like that that $250 like um getting ahead I uh, like that that uh, $250 in the positive turns into now you've actually just wasted your time have you ever had something like that happen yeah totally um and, yeah, I, and I, I don't necessarily <laughs> know if I call it waste of time just because it's uh, you know I do so many free videos and then I also feel like it's just helping me get better and I kind of look at it just as like learning experiences which sounds super cliche but it totally is and um, I think that if you're, you're always going to learn, especially when you're first starting off, you're going to learn quickly how long things will take. And things usually always take longer than you expect, uh, because there's lots of variables. And the more you do, the more accurate you get at anticipating how long something is going to take you, um, you know, I'm getting fairly good at knowing how long something is going to take me because I have done thousands of videos now at this point. So it's like I've done so many videos, but I also in all this experience, I've learned that like when I work with a business, it's probably going to take longer to do their video than it is to do my own videos because I have less expectations than the business does. Um, so it, it's, 
I've also learned that like things where there's a board, if I'm working with a company that has uh, multiple people that have to sign off on something, things are going to take longer. There's going to be more uh, people involved in opinions and things are going to be more difficult. I price for that. Uh, I always think about like, okay, the, you know, I, I talked about that business that lets me do whatever I want. Um, I price them accordingly because I know that they're going to be super easy and no headache and I'm just going to be able to make whatever I want. And then the business that takes forever to get back to me that um, we have to do multiple little revisions, the ones that take a while to pay me, like all of those things I take into account and I charge accordingly. So then that way I don't have any type of resentment and it all goes smoothly. I notice that when I don't have any resentment or I feel like I'm compensated well and I've, I've uh, given everything I can, everybody's happy. Especially when you set that expectation from the get-go of like, all right, this is the pricing. This is what I expect. That's why it's really, really important to, I don't necessarily have contracts as much as I have expectation agreements. Um, and the reason I go with that is because the difference between like, sometimes there's, I've had contracts where like nobody reads them because it's all legal stuff and there's a bunch of things in there that um, doesn't matter. So I have simplified my expectation agreements to where it explains everything as thoroughly as possible, but also very simplified so that once we start our relationship or partnership in creating content, everybody is on the same page of what is going to happen. And when those expectations are both written down and clearly um, communicated, things just go so much smoother. Honestly, uh, contracts look a lot like Apple's terms and conditions, and that's always the worst part about getting an Apple product like a MacBook or an iPhone because what's the first thing you do? You just hit accept. Yeah, like, nobody yeah, sure, reads whatever. it. And that's, I don't care. Yeah. And there's probably very good information in those contracts that need to be hidden deep in there yeah sure well and they, they need to be like things that the person that you're working with needs to know like hey this is um you know like this is what you can expect and this is what we discussed and talked about and i think uh if you have a terms and conditions looking contract people aren't going to read it and then you're you're just gonna have to I find that you'll have conflict that then you either are gonna have to go to court to to resolve you're gonna have to um, have like it's just not you're not starting on a good foot if something goes wrong yeah and I, I'll have to get with you on the uh, the agreement that you were talking about and I should say waste of time on the video I've been holding on to this for a little bit is the wrong word I didn't mean to say that I oh. meant rather say instead of optimizing your schedule now now instead of like getting ahead in the scheduling sure, yeah. you've actually fallen behind subconsciously I just wanted to clear that for the viewers so you weren't like wow this guy's kind of sadistic <laughs> um, <laughs> no I don't view Anything that I do is a waste of time. The fact that I get to make money when I hold my camera and I get to do all these cool things and record them and 
put them up like like even this podcast i don't necessarily make money from this right but if somebody was like looking to start a podcast this could turn into a business venture because i could charge them like a hundred dollars an episode right or whatever else like i just get my equipment and my stuff and basically it's like a rental and i could start it for them but directly getting paid for this doesn't necessarily mean you're not making money from it like somebody might listen to this and go, oh, wow, I really like what he's talking about. I want to hire him. I want to work with him. Um, That's so true. Yeah, so, I mean, like, directly getting paid for something is doesn't necessarily mean you're not doing it for business reasons. Uh, like, all That's of true. the content Gary Vaynerchuk puts out, the reason that dude is probably getting hired as much as he is is because people are looking at him going like, look, he knows what he's talking about because we can see how much he's actually working. We can see he's going to these um, meetings and like he does this. You look at Gary and you're like, he's the media guy. So then he gets hired as the media guy. Like He doesn't necessarily get paid for every meme he puts out there, but it definitely markets him. And that's the same same thing that you're selling to a business is the same thing that you should be thinking about for yourself. Everything you're doing content-wise is going to have a, some sort of full circle to help your business out, especially the fact that this like podcast is niche to content creators. So like, you know, even people who hire you are going to be interested. If, if I'm looking to hire a content creator... I might want to listen to a podcast about how does a content creator charge because then I understand, wow, okay, this is how they charge. Then I should know how to communicate on their level so then I can get the best out of what I want when paying this content creator. So it will definitely spill over into some form whether you can directly see that or not. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I that's a that's a really great way to humble me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it's just it cu- <laughs> no 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 like seriously like 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 you really like brought me back there because I just like for, honestly I do this because I enjoy this hundred yeah. percent wholeheartedly. I put a blog on my website because I enjoy it. Everything else is just a benefit, and it just comes down to like what you said, being grateful for life. Like people complain about stuff with this, but I'm looking at it like this. You know, I could be making $10 an hour at a GNC, right? Right. Or have certain times where I'm not making the most money with my camera. And I'll take the latter every freaking time. The fact that I can go and edit or film at a coffee shop whenever I want, and I could do it potentially anywhere in the world, is completely nuts. The fact is that I can travel, that I can really adjust my schedule accordingly. I can work as much or as little as I want. Like, I'm very blessed in the fact that I'm almost like a business owner, for a one person company and it's it's really great because uh, like I round myself out as a person too cuz you know I travel and I do things and so I learn how to adventure I learn about gear I learn about entrepreneurship I I just I I get well versed in certain things and I, I pick up a lot of hobbies and like it just makes my quality of life so much better and so I want to say that none of this is a waste of time it's just 
whenever you start to feel like that, you have to take a step back and realize that you're really grat- you're grateful for it and like like express that gratitude or realize that maybe if you're feeling like that, you're not in the field for you and maybe um, you're more focused on taking advantage of what potentially could be instead of what the reality is. And so I want to say that I'm very grateful to be a content creator. I'm very grateful to be on this podcast. I'm very grateful to even have a microphone to begin with to be able to write a blog because my website just went live. I'm very grateful for literally everything in my life right now and the only reason why I'm here where my life is is because I believed in this took a leap of faith and I got out of the military started traveling started creating and now I I do it full time I've been doing it full time um, almost entirely since 2018 and so like I said nothing but gratitude and it's going to be so nice that even though it's taken me like four going on five years of creating and two years doing it I mean quote-unquote full-time right you get good good you get like good periods of times and bad periods of times where you make a lot or you don't make a lot or you just get by but it's, it's really exciting now to you know go and this is the first time I've actually went negative on gear and put it on a co- like a company credit card type of situation instead of saving up for it first and then pulling the trigger and so it'll be nice to go from like falling behind to launching myself forward and not only like getting ahead but being prosperous with this and that's that's my goal for everybody that's listening to this podcast that's my goal for any creator and if i can play a part in helping a creator do that i mean that's what this whole podcast is for that's what my youtube channel is for that's what everything's for is so that hopefully you guys and i mean everybody that's listening here and everybody that creates can find a, a even if it was just a piece of what i have found because i i promise you this i if i am so grateful for it and if i can give anybody even a piece of that gratitude i'm going to do everything i can to do that amazing man i support it thank you um sorry i went off on a little bit of a rant i just i was really feeling that came from my heart specifically um but those are all the questions i had for you uh this is pretty much it for the podcast i just one question. I'm gonna be selfish here for a second. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be for me and not necessarily for everybody else. I mean, they're just getting the benefit of being here too. So, <laughs> bonus question: How did you get into music? Like, <laughs> how did that start, and why did it start? I have written lyrics um, since I was a kid. It's like been a uh, just a very therapeutic release. So, like, just last night, I I found a notebook of poems that I'd written in like middle school. And, um, so I've written and dabbled with music for a while, uh, but just never really did anything or took it seriously and never released anything, never made anything that was like actually worthy to, to publish. And, uh, I got hired to make a music video for this music producer. And I decided like, what if I were to just make an offer of I'll do the music video 100% for free if you produce, mix, and master uh, a song of mine that I had. Com- it was like a country, is a comical country song that I wrote. Alcoholics. Yeah. and um, Was that with Bobby Crane? Yeah. And so okay. I was like, if you can turn this, I, I'm super fan of all of his work. He's so incredible. So I was like, if you can turn this into a country song that's not actually country, um, like, uh, let's do it. And I'll do a 100% trade on on the music video. And we did it. 
and it turned like it's kind of a joke-ish song it's like not my greatest song but it's still listenable and it's still not a bad song by any means so it's so catchy yeah it's so catchy so the fact that i love go ahead well just i saw how like awesome it was to work with him i got so much fulfillment out of it and that was last november that that song released and since then i now i now have a total i think of 10 original songs and 12 remixes and like i said you just you grind that's nuts that's like and they're actually like good songs like legitimately they're catchy they tell a good story like the alcoholics one i remember watching you put that together unfold because sometimes you send me clips of songs and like i love the audio on it and i remember in the beginning you were kind of like like not ashamed but you were kind of afraid to put it out like like it was kind of like that insecurity kind of a thing. Like I'm it, not really like like it's feeling like, like you're not a good singer or good at it, right? It's Go still ahead. weird telling people that I make music. Like it's very weird for me to to say that um, because I've always yeah, had some kind of insecurity around making music and uh, now, nah, but like it just keeps getting better, and it's the same. And that's kind of like why I go uh, across. Anything that you're starting, any medium, any creative medium, you're always going to feel uncomfortable and you're always going to have that, like you said, imposter syndrome. You just keep doing it until you're good enough. Like, I I can't tell you how many hours I've put into now, like, practicing my songs and singing and uh, rewriting the lyrics to make them fit perfectly and, and just getting better every song is getting better and better and better oh yeah and not only that but like i mean originally you released it under justice soul right well it's like uh, an alter ego it's still going under justice soul though like on yeah but yeah i was like trying to not i, I felt very like i'm gonna marshmallow it and <laughs> like, have like, some yeah, sort not be a t- not to be the center of attention yeah like let the music speak and not your reputation but now i've just like i'm just all in i thought it was really funny because when i saw the justice soul, soul um i thought it was funny watching you hype yourself up uh like when you would share the music on your page and then like justice soul would comment on your page with like fire emojis and stuff and i'm like i like that i like how he's he's the first one to hype himself up that is so great and uh <laughs> have have and like comments I get with it. myself conversations with yeah. myself i'm gonna do that to my website when it's like 3 a.m and i'm feeling lonely i'm just gonna get on there and there's this button that's like let's chat i'm gonna do that direct it to my email and just go back and forth and uh the person that helped me with the website He's going to get the notifications and be sitting there like three months from now being like, what's what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> and I try like I try to do it in a very obvious way where it's like I'm not trying to act like I'm somebody different. I'm just being ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, it's hilarious. And I've, I've, I, it's amazing. I didn't realize that I paid this close attention to you and the stuff that you do. But like it's amazing because I remember 
like time has been flying honestly you said last november but i remember when you were literally asking people hey send me your drunk photos and then you started justed soul and then you started posting these every day on a um you on, on the same aesthetic same thing <laughs> you know there were all the polaroids <laughs> and then everything took off from there you started doing like the little clips and then it was available on instagram i remember the first time that was popping up and then i remember like hearing it for the first time uh and i've got the lyrics in my head crystal clear and my favorite part is where the beat drops and it's just alka alka alcoholics <laughs> i love that part <laughs> by the way but like I, I remember the process of all this happening and then the remix started coming in and then you you posted that story that person dancing to your music and it's just it's been crazy to watch your journey from gone in 60 seconds to you know, working with Bryce Vine yet again to meeting up with you. You're a little shorter than I thought you were going to be, honestly. Um, <laughs> no disrespect. Thanks. I was just like looking. No, no, I mean, like, I, I don't know what it is. Like, uh, the guy I'm working with here, his name's Polly, and he's like six foot eight, not really eight, six foot eight. He's like six foot three or four. But I just assumed like he was shorter. And I, I meet up with him for the first time, and I'm like looking up at him, and I'm like, what what is with Instagram and like everybody being like a different height than I imagine? I don't know. That's funny. Um, yeah, but I remember I you, you worked back with Bryce Vine and every <laughs> dude. Yeah, I mean, about average height, I'd say. Um, five like seven. That's short, short for dude. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, maybe that's why you're such a good videographer. You get that like lower perspective that nobody gets. Ha 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 ha! You're hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, but. What I'm what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is your journey has been amazing and it's been so great to like not only be inspired by all the growth that you've seen, but not not only watch like everything you've done, like I mean, you were traveling around for a little bit, then you were in California, you were back in Bozeman, you were like like it's been so great to watch. It's been so great to watch other people get inspired by it. And it's honestly so great to get inspired by it myself. Like like I'll do this stuff. And I'll post it up on like uh, Instagram and stuff. When you hit back, like I get super excited because I'm like, hell yeah! Like he's probably proud of me. Hell yeah! Yeah, Chet, I watched your uh, the videos, the YouTube videos that you sent me, and I was super stoked. Like they're getting better and better, and uh, I just love seeing that you're creating. Honestly, yeah, because I mean, I would honestly get in my head and I would start and then I would just stop and disappear. Oh, I know. And I wouldn't talk to people. I wouldn't create. And that was such a big struggle, especially when I was in the military. Like, I spent so much time worrying about having free time because I'm working most of the day. I get home in the evening. I didn't have a set schedule. I didn't have a set plan for my content. And I was just sitting there creating videos. And so one day I didn't have a niche. So I, would, I would do like a. Um, reaction video one day I would do a vlog one day I would do this video and that video and there was just no like there was no purpose I wasn't monetizing it and I was dealing with my now ex-wife at the time who didn't really support the uh, the dream she she was always a really big about how I needed to get a real job and uh, you know in her mind being a lawyer or like a you know, like like a real job. You know, she's a vet tech, so she went to school, and that's that's a that's a way to get ahead in life in her head, kind of a thing. And so, as you can see, we're we're, we're divorced now, probably for a reason and a good one, um, <laughs> because I'm still creating. And it's funny because whenever I start traveling or doing something crazy, she comes up. I don't know how she knows, 
But there's like a part in her brain that's like, I gotta fuck with him. <laughs> I gotta fuck with him. I don't know how it is. I don't. I don't. I don't. But it's like it keeps that. Like when I got out here, she was like, "Have you seen my camera that I that I got in high school?" And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? We've been divorced for t- like two years. Like, go away." And like it's always when I start traveling and I start doing well, and then I think she sees that like this is an actual viable career, and she's mad that I've got enough money to travel and she doesn't. I think. I don't know. I could be, I'm, I'm merely speculating here, but it's just been, man, I think I, like your, your last couple of years, I think of my last couple of years and it's time's crazy and it's just been nuts. Yeah. So if I, if I can do the same thing that you've done with me, um, for other people, then I, th- I think that I'll be successful in this. Oh, also. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to end the podcast right there. We're just going to end the podcast right there. We've talked enough. I want to say thank you to you. There's so much value into this podcast. And I want to say thank you to the, those of you that are listening up to this point and just in general. Uh, this has been a really successful launch of season two of Morning Cup of Joe podcast. And I'm so excited. Like everything's coming to fruition. Everything's coming together. And I'm so excited to see you in the next episode. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Anyway, I can plug Dude. my music real quick. Oh, you can plug anything. You can plug your Instagram. You can plug your music. I'll try to do that in the beginning. I forgot. I didn't think about this beforehand. That's okay. But go ahead. Uh, if if you want to go check out my music, it's on all uh, platforms. Justice Soul, J-U-S-T-I-C-E uh, space S-O-U-L. I have three songs, original songs up, and then a few different remixes. Um, and I have several new songs that are going to be coming really soon so actually four original songs are out send me that too like on uh, my ig so when i blast this podcast out i can be like hey i'm gonna I'm, i mean i'm going to already blast like that uh, i have a podcast with you but then i can kind of go also check out his music because it's, it's awesome. high key really dope too i appreciate that man I'll s- and that's it for this podcast awesome thanks for having me of course